Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. the Lord. <clears throat> Jeremiah 17, I've already said that, verse 19. So I'm just giving you plenty of time if you don't know where Jeremiah is at to find it. Run it in your front index and everything. Find that tab. Jeremiah 17, verse 19. The Bible states these words. Thus said the Lord unto me, go and stand in the gate of the children of the people whereby the kings of Judah come in. And by the which they go out and in all the gates of Jerusalem and say unto them, hear ye the word of the Lord, ye kings of Judah and all Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem that enter in by these gates. Thus saith the Lord, take heed to yourselves and bear no burden on the Sabbath day, nor bring it in by the gates of Jerusalem. Neither carry forth the burden out of your houses on the Sabbath day, neither do ye any work, but hallow ye the Sabbath day as I commanded your fathers. But they obeyed not, neither inclined their ear, but made their neck stiff that they might not hear nor receive instruction. And it shall come to pass, if ye diligently hearken unto me, saith the Lord, to bring in no burden through the gates of the city on the Sabbath day, but hallow the Sabbath day to do no work therein. Then shall there enter into the gates of the city kings and princes sitting upon the throne of David, riding in chariots and on horses, they and their princes, the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem in this city shall remain forever. And they shall come from the cities of Judah and from the places about Jerusalem and from the land of Benjamin, from the plain and from the mountains and from the south, bringing burnt offerings and sacrifices and meat offerings and incense and bringing sacrifices of praise into the house of the Lord. But if ye will not hearken unto me to hallow the Sabbath day, and not to bear a burden, even entering in at the gate of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. Then will I kindle a fire in the gates thereof, and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem, and it shall not be quenched. Amen. I was kind of assimilating this somewhat today. I'd done some study on Friday and last night. While I was assimilating this, I thought, man, this sounds similar to something. Seems like I preached not very long ago. And so I did some searching. So I preached something about four months ago called Preoccupied. And it might have a little bit of a flavor of what's about ready to be said to it, at least from my recollection, Brother Mason. But evidently, the Spirit has something to impress on us yet again. And so I'm going to be obedient to what the Spirit would say. I'd like to minister this tonight in your hearing. Lay down your burdens and lift up your hands lay down your burdens and lift up your hands if you'll join me in prayer right now we need God to help us here the next little while father love you Jesus God I so appreciate you God I thank you Jesus for meeting God us here in this assembly tonight I pray oh Lord God that you would bring a rebirthing Lord to our minds a restoration to our hearts God we want Lord to leave Lord challenged and changed and renewed and encouraged and strengthened God by the spirit of your word I pray oh God today Lord I cannot I do not have the ability God to make anything occur or happen in this place we lean God upon your arm we lean God upon your strength we lean God upon your ability God and we'll praise you and thank you God for what you might do here God, if we would allow it, God, if we would, Lord, subject ourselves, Lord, to the ebb and the flow of your spirit, in the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, Jesus. Amen. Can the church say amen? 
shake a hand if you will before you're seated everybody say amen amen lay down your burdens and lift up your hands to Jeremiah it was designated the unenviable task of heralding several warnings in the book that bears his name. Warnings to God's people he is known by and large by several as the weeping prophet because his cry and his tears of sincerity lingered in every message that God asked of him to give to his people the nation of Israel some have even described the prophet Jeremiah as being the prophet of Judah's midnight hour he was a prophet during a very critical time during a time when he was dealing with some very disengaged people Judah and Jerusalem at this time were poised for utter destruction Great mayhem was about ready to come upon them if their ways were not changed. Their days in no uncertain terms were numbered. They were living, quote unquote, in their last days, Judah and Jerusalem. And not only were the Israelites, as we've seen in our study in the book of Daniel, not only were they negligent in keeping the seven-year Sabbaths that we understand the reason why they were put into captivity for the number of years that they were, but they were also negligent and, be, and becoming a little haphazard, if you will, about the weekly Sabbaths. And so the fallacy of the children of Israel has reoccurred here then in Scripture. The children of Israel have forgotten. They have forgotten their God. No sooner tonight, folks, no sooner had their ancestors had escaped the beatings and the burdens of Egypt than they had forgotten God. Not long after they no longer had a taskmaster over their shoulder, they forgot God. Egypt, the land of Egypt, was not accommodating to a Sabbath. Wasn't accommodating to a day of rest was accommodating or flexible to a time for the people to uh, take a reprieve from the normal activity of their daily life and spend some time in worship. Uh, every day that they had, it was driven every day being a work day. Every day being a day to put your shoulder to the burden. Every day you bore burdens. There was a time, yes, there was plenty of time, but never time that was set aside for worship. Never time that was for sure worshiping God if there was going to be a time for worship. It wasn't worshiping the king of glory. Amen. But there was always time for bearing burdens. There was always time for taking up a load. For that matter, burden bearing was their ordinary day. Amen. The Bible says that when Moses had grown older within the house of Pharaoh, that it happened on the day that he went out among his brethren. And the Bible says that he looked on their burdens. Moses, the man who would be, that would be instrument for deliverance for Israel and the children of God was drawn to the burdens that they were bearing. Later on, we read of in the same book of Exodus that when he and Aaron returned to Egypt to persuade Pharaoh to let God's people go, that Pharaoh would complain to them because their involvement among the people and among the children of Israel that were in Egypt had caused the people to rest from their burdens. See, Egypt's vice was to keep people burdened. The vice of Egypt was to keep people underneath a load because a people without a burden resulted in an upset Pharaoh. Someone just say amen. And so here is what God spoke to those children of Israel while they were yet in Egypt in Exodus 6 and verse 6. 
the Bible says, Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will rid you out of their bondage. And I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people. And I will be to you a God. And ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. He says, if you will remember the reason behind letting Israel even be able to travel three days journey into the wilderness whenever Moses came and spoke to Pharaoh. He says, give us a little reprieve. Let us go three days into the wilderness, if you will, so that we might serve and worship the Lord our God at the Mount of God. Amen. He says, you allow us to do that. Amen. And whenever they would or would perhaps do that, they're escaping the burdens of Egypt. Amen. It's hard to handle burdens and worship at the same time. People involved in worship seldom have much attention left for burdens. But people that's captivated by their burdens have little strength left to apply to worship. Someone say amen. And so Pharaoh having a little inroad to all of this goes through the different series of saying I'll let God's people go and then saying I won't let them go because no doubt he is juggling in his mind. If I let them go for a period of time of three days journey to the wilderness to the Mount of God to offer up sacrifices and worship then they're negating burdens back here in Egypt because they can't worship and go to burdens at the same time. Can someone say amen? See, this would be a way then for them, seeing right through all of this ploy, this, this would be a way for them to get out from under their burdens, for them to lay it down if they went to the wilderness and lifted up their hands and gave praise and adoration to the king. Someone say glory. And so God told Jeremiah, he says, I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to go to the region of Judah. And I want you to stand in the gate of the people. I want you to stand in the gate where kings enter and where kings leave. And I want you to give a message and a warning to the people. He says not just the gate that kings enter and leave, not just the main gate or the principal gate or the most traveled through gate, but I want you to stand at every gate that exists around about Jerusalem and I want you to give them the same message and the same warning at the principal gate as you would at every other gate. And this this is the message, Jeremiah, that I want you to speak to the people. Tell them, do not bear a burden on the Sabbath. In the English version of the Bible, it's stated like this. He told him, take care for the sake of your lives and do not bear a burden on the Sabbath. And so we've seen this terminology throughout the scriptures that I read to you tonight. In verse 21, it's bear no burden on the Sabbath day. In verse 22, it's neither carry forth a burden out of your houses. In verse 24, it's bring no burden through the gates of this city. In verse 27, it's not to bear a burden. Someone say amen. The message just wasn't for the common man. The message wasn't just for the common woman. But this was a message for everyone. This was a message for the king. This was a message for the priest. This was a message for the singer. This was a message for the high-ranking officials. This was a message for whoever ever entered those gates into the city. The message was the same for each and every one of them. Do not bear a burden on the Sabbath. The message was quite clear from God. He did not want them to desecrate the Sabbath, which was set aside for worship. He didn't want them to desecrate the time that was set aside for worship by turning it into just every other week, day of the week. Someone just, just, just stay here with me for a while. He admonished them. He says, don't bear a burden on the Sabbath, but quite rather, he admonished them, hallow. 
the Sabbath. Keep the Sabbath holy. And the only way to make the Sabbath holy was to make it a marked distinction between any other ordinary day. Someone say amen. He told them, don't carry a burden on that day. Because every ordinary day, you're going to be carrying some sheaves. You're going to be carrying some oil. You're going to be carrying whatever it is you deal with in your agriculture. You're going to be buying. You're going to be selling. But if you do that on the Sabbath day, that doesn't make the Sabbath different from any other day. And he says the Sabbath is supposed to be used for worship. And you have a hard time worshiping when you're bearing burdens. If I can give a disclaimer tonight for anybody that thinks I'm rude and harsh and ugly and all that, here's the disclaimer, okay? I understand that it's hard sometimes to pick up the pace when you're picking up the pieces. All right? But that isn't necessarily for somebody that's just now dealing with trying to pick up the pieces. I'm talking to us tonight as a collective body. Amen. To not bear a burden on the Sabbath day. He says don't carry a burden on that day. And here are the particulars. Don't carry a burden into any of the gates of the city. But also don't carry a burden out of your house. It wasn't just that. I don't want you bearing a burden into the city of Jerusalem. But I don't want you to leave home with a burden. Every other day of the week when you leave home, you might have an ox burdened down. You might have your shoulder burdened down. You might have all these different things on your shoulders. But whenever it's Sabbath, when it's time for worship, don't even leave home with your burden. Someone say amen. Says you need to hallow this. Like I told your ancestors to hallow it. But don't mess up like they did, but they didn't keep it. You got to hallow it. Now we understand, we, we got this idea of the Sabbath and we're thinking about man, it's Saturday or it's Sunday and you're thinking of a day of a week. But the Sabbath is just one day out of seven that you set aside for rest from what's ordinary. And you dedicate then that time to worship. Amen. And what you do when you rest from the ordinary and you devote, devote that one day then to worship, everything you would ordinary do, you put in trust to God. Whenever business is closed on Sunday, you know what they're doing? <laughs> they're saying, if, if they practice this, I'm setting this aside right now. Every other day is about this. Every other day is consumed with this. This is an ordinary day to deal with all this. But today, not today, it's going to rest. I'm going to worship. And what that says to God is that I trust him with the business. Someone say amen. The Sabbath has been in existence ever since the creation of man whenever God rested on the seventh day. It's been in existence ever since then but had never been instituted until after the Egyptian bondage. It's been in existence since then but there has been no law, no regulation written concerning it until after Egyptian bondage. It was shortly thereafter that Moses received a command from God on the mount of God to remember the Sabbath day day and to keep it holy because God seen through his ultimate wisdom that the only way he could reprogram a people that had been laden every day for years of their lives with burdens was to call them to rest one day out of seven days of a week and use those same hands and same energies that they did for the burden to now use it for worship those people out of Egypt were wired for burdens. Their tendency had been toward burdens. But now God is in a reprogramming process. That's all they've ever known, some of them. That will be their tendency. That's what they'll latch on to. But I'm going to give them a, a Sabbath in that they can pause from the ordinary means of life and worship because they won't be able to worship and carry a burden at the same time. Someone say amen. 
And so in Exodus 31, God told Moses, he said, the Sabbath is to be a sign between me and Israel throughout all of their generations. This is to be a perpetual covenant. It's going to be a sign between me and them that they belong unto me because I'm the one that got them out from under their burden. And don't you know that the one that got you out from under them is the one you can trust those burdens with? Oh, someone say yes. He's saying that this is a sign. Amen. It's a sign between me and them that they belong to me. If I'd say like this, this Sabbath keeping thing, it's going to be a sign. It's going to be the indicator of their spiritual temperature. Someone say hallelujah. So the Sabbath provided rest from the ordinary. But engagement in the extraordinary. Worship, it provided for worship. It provided for our trust in God. Jeremiah already in this chapter of 17, a prophesying to God's people, he had already uttered in verse number five, he said, cursed is the man that trusteth in man and he follows it up in verse 7 and says but blessed is the man that trusteth in his Lord he says as long as you keep carrying your burden on the Sabbath you're just telling me you trust in yourself you trust in your own power you're trying to find where all the loose ends are so you can tie it all together he says but it's not going to work that way it's not going to come out good that way as long as you trust in man but if you'll just honor the Sabbath and put down your burden on that day and get to my house and go through my gate and lift up your hands and worship you'll trust me with what you deal with every other day of the week But, Pastor, the scripture says, cast all of our care upon the Lord. Pray care for us. I believe that. That's scripture. Yeah, that's right. But casting our care upon the Lord is not always some physical act where we carry our burdens. Listen. It's not always some physical act where we carry our burdens into the house of God and then place them upon the Lord. Listen to me. Casting our care on the Lord at times is carrying out our day as though our cares don't matter anymore. Casting sometimes my care on the Lord is this, celebrating Sabbath for what Sabbath was for. Not picking up the bird when I leave the house. Drudge to the city gates with the burden. Walk through them into the house of God with the burden. Raise my meager hand. Just be able to say I was accounted for in God's house and go back home with my burden. No, no, no. Sometimes the greatest care you can cast on the Lord is leaving your burden at home because to God that says, I'm trusting you with it. I'm trusting you with it. I trust. I don't have to fool with that today. I don't have to somehow mismanage my life with that today. I've just placed, I'm leaving it at home. I trust you with it. Someone say amen. So sometimes casting our care upon the Lord is us untethering ourselves from the burden. Not allowing it to occupy any space in our Sabbath day. And the void then that's produced as a result of me leaving it at home. Filling that space then with my offering. Filling that space then with my sacrifice. Filling that space then with my praise and my worship unto the Lord. If I can just ignore the burden for a time and turn my attention toward the Lord and emphasize, God, this is where I'm putting my trust. I'm putting it in you. The Bible says in New Testament scripture of Mark chapter 2 and verse 27, the Bible says, Jesus, he said unto them, the Sabbath was not, was made for man. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. If church is a drudgery to us, then we've missed its point. Because our 
our times of worship are not on the calendar schedule so that everybody has to drag their carcasses into the house of God again against their will. No, these times of worship exist for us because God knew the environment in which we live is nothing but a constant burden. Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And here's where we deem the difference between the two. This is where we should as Christians be able to deem that we get to go to church rather than we have to go to church. There's a difference between those viewpoints. Amen. There are those that may view it improperly. They believe that they were created for the Sabbath. And whenever you think that you have been created for the Sabbath, you can miss church. And you don't have to have a good reason for missing. And it doesn't bother you. Because you were the one that was created for it. You know how it is when somebody feels good about themselves and they feel like they were the gift to the world? They don't care if they hurt any feelings or what happens to people's opinions about them because they're the gift to man. Well, whenever we think that we were the man, the one that was made for the Sabbath, we can miss church and it doesn't bother us because we think we was made for it. But the other side, whenever you come under the authority and the realization of God's word, that the Sabbath, that time set aside for worshiping and no burden carrying, amen, was made for you and me. You can miss church, listen to me. You can have a legitimate reason for missing and it still bothers you. Bishop, there's been times I miss church legitimately because I was sick. And you know what? I was wishing I could be at church. I felt bad because I was home. But it was a legitimate reason. Why, why, why? Because I understand that service that was going on over there at 1121 Street was created and fashioned for me so I could lay down a burden and lift up my head. You say, well, man, that's unhealthy. No, I think that's as as healthy as it gets when you miss legitimately and you still feel bad about not being there. Someone say amen. God told Israel, they're out of bondage. They're going to go to the land of Canaan. God tells Israel, go and possess the land of Canaan. The spies are sent out to investigate the land and there's a segment of them that cannot get past their burden mentality of Egypt. Because instead of seeing a land flowing with milk and honey and a land of rest as it was deemed, all they could see was the burden of giants, the burden of people that's stronger than we are, the burden of endless fighting. And that was such a problem. They stayed in their wilderness. Because you know what they did? Burden bearers have a tendency of creating an Egypt atmosphere within a Canaan setting. I've seen in church services we're in a Canaan setting, but there's an Egypt atmosphere. Somebody left home with something they shouldn't have left home with. Someone brought through the doors something they shouldn't have come through the doors with. And we've come into the Canaan promised land, land of rest setting, but there's an Egyptian atmosphere. Someone say, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Don't don't, don't forget about the Lord. He says, now look, if you look back at Jeremiah, and I've already preached for some time. Thank God, I'm going to preach a little longer. Amen. The Bible says, if they kept, this was Jeremiah. I told your ancestors about they didn't do it. 
He says, well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what will happen if you do it. Let me tell you what will happen if you keep the Sabbath hallowed. In other words, you worship, you lay down, you don't carry a burden. You trust all of that with God. If you do that, then this city will be inhabited forever by kings and princes who sit on the throne of David and their officials will be accompanying them. You know who sits on the throne of David today? The king of Judah. The lion of the tribe of Judah. You know who does that today? King Jesus. Back then he was speaking to them in a plurality of of kings and princes. He says, if you keep the Sabbath, you're going to have kings and princes that's going to be established in the throne of David and their officials. It's going to inhabit the city forever. Huh? Can I tell us today, for modern day church people, that if we'll keep the Sabbath, if we'll learn to put down the burden and lift up our hands every time we have opportunity for worship, oh, then the king that sits on the throne of David will continually inhabit. You've heard it spoken before. Oh, there's a cloud that filled the Kingsburg Pentecostal Church. Or is this to happen or that to happen? Oh, God's presence is going to dwell there. God's presence is going to be there. You better believe it will be when people leave their burden at home and they lift up their hands in the excuse me, in the house of God. Because it was never a thing in yonder years to come in and lift up hands. It was never a thing in yonder years to glorify and praise God. What's happened? People become more accustomed in not taking a day off. He says, not only the kings that sit on the throne of David, not only will they be there forever as inhabitants, he says, but the men of Judah will be there. Uh Yeah, they they will. You better believe it because they don't have no burdens. So, honey, they got their praise on. The men of Judah is going to be there continually. Mm -hmm. Listen, folks, we walk in this place sometimes and from the pulpit, I'm dealing with so much different stuff from the pew. I got thick burdens, thin burdens, slimy burdens, gross burdens, lascivious burdens. And everybody's piping and I'm supposed to preach. I'm here to tell you, it's time to start leaving some burdens at home and come in here and lift up your hands. I got people showing up that was glad they weren't here last week. Thinking they were created for the Sabbath. And I'm trying to get through their thick noggin. The Sabbath was created for them. Can I be plain and still love you? You're doing yourself a favor by showing up. God started with one man from that man he pulled a woman from them came a family and out of them was birthed a nation for his service you're doing it for yourself when you show up because God can take one man if need be create a nation for his pleasure He says they're continually going to be there. They're going to inhabit the earth. He says, now listen, now listen, listen. This is important, folks. In addition, whenever you hallow the Sabbath and you keep the Sabbath, you don't carry your burden on the Sabbath. Look what he says now in the remainder of the scriptures, like verse 26. Whenever you do this, there's going to be not just the kings and the princes and those of Jerusalem and that city and the inhabitants of that area, but God will draw people from the surrounding areas. He says, if you keep the Sabbath, I'm going to draw people from every level in the surrounding areas. 
there'll be people that come to where you celebrate your Sabbath. They'll come from the mountains. Look at the scripture. They'll come from the plain. Look at the scripture. They'll come from the valleys. The Bible says that he said they'll even come from the south, which speaks of the wilderness. He says when you'll learn to disengage from your burden, just put that in God's hand for trust and throw up your hands when you go to his house. I'll draw people that's never been to that house before. It's hard to be drawn to a place that looks just like what you look at every other day of your week. We're going to God's house, but we brought the same workload we always have every other day of the week. And so since I got the burden with me, you're not getting no worship from me. And so somebody from the region that's never been to where you celebrate your Sabbath comes in. And you are on display. This looks a lot like Monday to me. I seen them carrying that on Friday. What's my purpose for being here if what takes place here is what takes place every other day of the week? Why do I want to join or link up with something that I'm linked up with every other day of the week? There's a reason why God told them through the prophet, don't carry a burden, lift up your hands, bring your sacrifices, bring your offerings, and when you do, there'll be people at far-reaching places drawn to that place. He says, I'll get him from the mountains. I'll get him from the plains. I'll get him from the valleys. Honey, whenever you celebrate the Sabbath and you, you respect it for what it was used to be respectful for, it'll draw people out of the wilderness. What's the power of that, Brother McGee? Is that the power of an invitation? No, it's the power of just being in alignment with God's purpose for the Sabbath. At home, not even through the gate, not even brought in the house of God. God, I trust you with it. And as a result, there's people that's drawn in. Because listen, whenever the church becomes just another burdened down ordinary day, it loses its significance in the world. Listen. So if they, if they kept the Sabbath properly, people from everywhere, everywhere will come to the house of God. Look, look at the scripture in verse 26. People from everywhere will come to the house of God. But notice how they're coming. Listen, they're coming with burnt offerings. They're coming with sacrifices. They're coming with meat offerings. They're coming with incense. They're coming with sacrifices of praise. The Bible says to be given to God. These people that are coming from everywhere else, whenever the Sabbath is kept rightly, they leave their burdens too. And the void is filled with sacrifices and incense for the Lord. But if you get the mentality of going to God's house with your burden, you'll have others from far-reaching places coming to that same house with their burden. And we'll be the most disgusting group of people on the face of the planet that can say we showed up for church, but we was just as burdened as we ever was. But when we don't pick it up, but we lift up, 
then they're bringing their sacrifices and their offerings because this is different from any other day of the week. This place is different from any other place I know. You can come in here without your burden. Just trust that somewhere else and you can bring offerings and thanksgivings and all of this unto the Lord. They, they, they will not come bearing burdens of their everyday, but they'll have burdens, if you will, of sacrifice and offering. Amen. They'll still have something on their shoulders. They'll still have something in their hands, but evidently sacrifices and offerings were not considered burdens. So when we impose things on our shoulders and hands such as burdens on the day of worship. We limit our capacity at times for worship and sometimes limit it to the place of no worship whatsoever when the day was hallowed for that. If I take my same burdens of all the week and enter the house of God, we already know Pharaoh was smart enough to learn this. You either have a burden or you got worship. It's hard to have a burden and worship. So if they come with their burdens, they're not going to have any worship. Or if you do come in with a certain amount of burden, you got less the capacity to worship. Because you drug that thing all the way from the house anyway. My desire as a pastor for the new year is that we would get back to not bearing any burdens on the Sabbath. Does that mean we're being silly, Brother McGee? We're, no, we're not ignoring him. We're leaving him at the house, but we're telling God, I don't have to be trusted with this today. I'm trusting you with it. Amen, if you'll stand with me. Closing in the last verse, here's what he told him. He says, so this is everything that will happen if you keep it. Man, the, the king of the throne of David is going to continually reign and inhabit that place. <clears throat> You're going to have people from far-reaching places at every level beyond here, mountains, valleys, and plains that's going to come, and they're going to come with their sacrifices and their offerings and all this. Yet he couldn't tell just the good side without telling them if you did not. And he said, if you don't keep this, your ancestors didn't. And he says, if you don't keep this hallowed, if you don't lay down those burdens and lift up your hand, if you don't do this, he says, it's going to come a time, he says, that the entering in of the gate, the gate of the city, he says, I will kindle a fire in the gates of the city, in the gate of the city. I could state it differently tonight. I'll state it like this. He said, if you, don't, if you don't hallow the Sabbath and keep the Sabbath with its intended purpose, he says, I'll make your entrance into the city a frustration. I'll make it difficult because the criteria is enter without, not enter with. And so the more that you try to carry, the more frustrated you're going to be on your entrance into where my presence is and to where my power is. When we get accustomed to carrying things, you'll find it, folks, because I found it in people's lives. It's a greater, it's a harder, it's more of a frustration to just seemingly get in the presence of God because they grow accustomed with carrying their burdens. They get accustomed with just having ordinary life on Sunday. And I'll, if I may, and if I can speak just quite frankly, I feel like this is where we are. We've grown accustomed for Sunday being just like any other day of the week. Because I find in here sometimes, many times before prayer and after prayer, conversations seem to link back just to things of the week. I don't see as many hands go up as they used to be. I don't hear as many voices cry out as they used to be. And so what that tells me is this. 
if there's a difficulty in worship, there's been an increase in burden carrying. And I don't want us to become a group of people that have learned and adapted to coming together with our burdens. Checking off our name present on the ledger. And then they're only every once in a while somebody new comes in beyond here that's never been here. Because that over there is just like the rest of my week. People's drawn to something different than what life affords them. The old testimonies were, I've never been in a place like that before. I never experienced, I've never seen that, I've never heard that, I've never seen people worship like that before. Here's the secret how we used to never worship like some people sing. We're not carrying our burdens with us on the Sabbath. Everybody got a moment? This just seems fitting. Don't worry, I'm not using the restroom. Just set your mind on the Lord here just for a moment. Need to grab a little history here. February 2003. Shiloh Gazette. Brother Elkins Church. Publication. <clears throat> Will you indulge me for a moment? You might want to sit down for this. Bishop's over here praying for me. Two thousand three. Everybody realize that two thousand three. So we're talking about now eleven years ago, just about right on the the brink of it. Saturday, March eighth. This is this is Pastor Elkins, recorded by him. This is this is just a publication for his church. Okay, he did this in publication for his church. This two thousand three, <clears throat> Saturday eighth, March eighth. I went to a youth rally in Illinois. I had committed to a couple a months ago. Our van was full and the car followed. A car followed plus Brother Judd Sears and I went in my truck. It was always a pleasant time fellowshipping with Brother Judd. Things went well. The sun was shining and all was at peace in my life. Things went well at least until we were almost in Princeton, Indiana. And Marty called me on the cell phone to say the van had a blown out tire. The tread coming off the tire resulted in some damage. One thing it did was rip out the radiator line that feeds the rear heater core. And we lost all of our antifreeze. So there we were, stranded along Interstate 41. We hadn't been there any time until here comes Brother Jason Weir from Terre Haute, Indiana, going to the youth rally. And right after him, Brother Kenneth Allen stops with his church van. We load up all the kids into the vans, and Brother Judge Sears and Marty and I valiantly stayed to take care of the vehicle problems. I called 911 on my cell phone, and they gave me the number of a record service. I called, and the guy said that they didn't know any repairs. They didn't do any repairs on Saturday. So I called other places and got the same answer. I asked the record to pick us up and take the van to Princeton for repair next week, which he did. We then proceeded to Kingsburg, Illinois. That's when we were in Kingsburg, where the youth rally was. The town was off to the side of Highway 1. I didn't see the sign that said Kingsburg, population 300. That's where we were. I drove past the town. What a pleasant surprise when we turned around and found the church. The whole mission style building wasn't a great edifice. But oh my, when you stepped inside, it was wall to wall people with an attitude. That attitude was to worship God. The attendance chart on the wall in 2003 said 60 worshipped there last Sunday. That trumps what happens around here almost every Sunday. We're usually in the 50s. The pastor's son, now full-time evangelist, did the preaching. God rest their souls. In the message, he stated the family hadn't always lived in this small town of 300 they came there from another town to start a work for God. There was a town of 8,000 just up the road where we are now, which is 7,300 now. 
But the town of 300 was where the pastor bishop felt led to go. He said, it's working. After a wonderful service with much worship and a song sung by the evangelist's wife and a wonderful sermon, we were faced with the problem of getting a van load of kids back to Bloomington. No rental. And I, just to indulge you here for a moment, or to indulge me rather, to go through it all. There were guys from our church. It'll be Brother Fred McGee and it may have been Brother Terry. And he speaks of how they were just so jovial to help and just laughed and cut it up the whole time and got them back. Butch, I think, was there. Got them back on the road and it was grand. But what I wanted to point out to you was this that from 2003, from another pastor of another church, seeing a quaint little building, he said, Home Missions building in a population of 300 and thought probably just by all observations what can come from this but when he got inside oh my oh my there was much worship there now I haven't talked to Pastor Hilkins and I don't know the last time he's been among us but I wonder if he could write a similar a similar article 11 years removed or if he would come in and say, this looks like the world strangled with their burdens that I see every day of my week. Now, I'm not saying, listen folks, my purpose and my intention is not to be some acme rabbit with an anvil above your head. But as the old sermon that used to be from camp meetings, I do want you to feel just a little bit of hanging. We need to lay down our burdens. And we need to honor and hallow the Sabbath for what it is for. Because there's some people in the mountains, in the valleys, in the plains. They need a place that they, a resource, a place that they can flock to, a place that they can go to. I wasn't created for this. God in his loving kindness created this for me. He created this for me. He created this for me. If you'll stand with me, these altars are open as they, as they prepare us. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.